What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com. Super happy to be here talking F1 cards with my man, Rob, not Bob Masora from <laughs> Bob'sCardMarket.com. Got to clarify that every time I'm here. For those of you uh, listening on Apple and Spotify, Rob's nameplate on the show here on YouTube says Rob, not Bob Masora, because uh, you know the names are similar, but we want to we want to get the name yeah. right. So he's helping us. He's reminding us. So we're here. It's F1 Card Strategy Show time. Good to have Rob on with us. Rob's uh, become a good friend of mine here in uh, the Nashville area. We've uh, actually been to a card show together and plan on going to. To more together rob are you going to the memphis card show this weekend i don't i don't know i don't think i'm gonna go it's it's quite a high it's three hours one yeah. way so i, I don't know. know if i want to um have six hours of my weekend taken away driving but i gotta yeah. travel for work on monday so it's like uh, i don't know so probably not let us let us know if you guys are, are hitting up any card shows out there in the audience i know i know a lot of you are very very active right now in the hobby, which is great. Um, so Rob, Rob and I were texting about maybe going to the Memphis show. There's no way I could swing that because it is actually pretty far away. It's like a three and a half hour drive from where we are and uh, got too much family stuff going on. But uh, we've got the Minnesota card show coming up uh, later this month. Ryan Hoffman will be there representing nooffseason.com. So Everybody check out uh, mncardshow.com, I think is the is the URL. Uh, I'll clarify that in a second. But let's talk real quick before we get into F1 cards. Um, before, we, before we get into whatever you're going to ask me, <laughs> are you yeah, going to the National? I'm going to the National. I, I, actually, cool. I'm glad you brought that up. I uh, So, sorry, it's cardshowmn.com is the Minnesota Card Show. I wanted to give them some props. Because nooffseason.com is is get, they're giving us some love as a sponsor on the website. So that is real quick, April 20th through the 23rd at the Hyatt Regency Minneapolis. Everybody go to cardshowmn.com if you're in the area or looking to travel to a card show. That's a that's another good one. Check them out. Uh, Ryan Hoffman from nooffseason.com will be there representing. Um, back to to Rob's question. I am going to the national. I just. That's a, a quick little win of the week for me. I bought my my tickets last week and I got, I think the super VIP package was already sold out, but I think I got the VIP package. Cool. Are you in, are you in for that? Um, to be determined yet. We went two years ago when I was in Chicago. Um, my partner that I do cards with lives in outside Chicago. So it's pretty convenient for us manage an inventory if we buy a bunch of stuff we can you know bring him over to his house and stuff but um to be determined we'll nice see. we gotta keep keep us updated on that sports card mm -hmm. strategy show no offseason.com will be there i will be there and we'll have some other people there representing um okay good morning to oh my shoes we will get some f1 knowledge in here momentarily Shoes is if you didn't see the sports card strategy show and tell yesterday, check that out on the channel. Go to youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. Find that video. It's amazing. Shoes was a star of the show. Good morning to Chad Gill. He was another star of the show. Um, Shoes is looking to go to the Dallas card show when it comes back. That would be a good one. Um, okay. So Rob, tell us what's going on at Bob's card market, the discord. You guys have like breaks, razes, progressives, all sorts of games fun fun games to get into buy sell trade all that stuff 
Yeah, there's there's always something going on. Um, I mean, nothing uh, crazy unique this week, but every week two new people have fire sales going on. And um, as it pertains to this show, uh, one of the fire sales, Chris, has actually posted a bunch of F1 carts um, the first two or three days that he's ran his fire sale. So I've actually picked up some stuff there. But um, yeah, so we got those going on breaks chad and billy are running some breaks i think chad's got a uh looks like a 2022-23 donner's basketball break open right now filling some spots um billy just broke one last night um so he doesn't have one open right now but i'm sure he'll get a new one posted um but yeah tons of tons of stuff going on guess that card i know you've mentioned before on some of the other podcasts where you can uh, one of our members zooms in on a card and you have to like, like super zoom in. Like, so you can, you basically see pixels and then you have to guess what the card is. And then every day post a different picture to kind of reveal it slowly. Um, if you guess it, you win the card. So a lot of fun stuff, a lot of unique ideas going on, uh, in Bob's car market. Yeah. I like guess that card. That's a cool one. Um, so the fire sales have some F1 cards going, you mentioned. I'm trying to pull that up right now on yep. my screen. Um, for those of you watching, uh, would that be Fui Mano? Yeah. Is, yep. is he the one? Okay, yeah, go to, like, we... go to like Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. This is great. This is actually a good segue into what I wanted to talk about first, which is kind of what is uh, – like what are you buying – you know, what are you, what are you interested in? Um, we'll do a quick, we'll do a quick recap of what's happened in F1 recently, but I also want to get into what you're buying, but let's, let's pull up while we're on the topic of Bob's card market. Mm -hmm. Here's uh here's what we're looking at here. So this is a uh, 2021 tops Chrome Lewis Hamilton Sapphire image variation, short print PSA nine uh $175 Kimi Raikkonen Sapphire Portrait 2020 PSA 9 $30 George Russell have all these sold No so if they're still, if they're on there they have not sold Oh yeah cuz uh, you got that nice uh Yeah once you click that dollar sign right below the picture that basically claims the card and it would remove it Yep um the button next to it would if you want to make an offer on it um that would direct you there but yeah, everything there is still available. Um, he's got some some nice stuff, a lot uh, more high end stuff for more high end than usually we see at a fire sale. Fire sales typically are, you know, <clears throat> dollar to ten dollar cards that people are trying to blow out. Um, but yeah, this is cool. nice stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think like he has some more on Wednesday as well. Some more F one. Yeah, stuff still available here. Um, <clears throat> Good prices, good stuff. Uh, yeah, this is nice. Oscar Piastri, tops now, go. rookie PSA 10. George Russell, Sapphire, PSA 9. There was a uh, Carlos Sainz, out of Orange Wave out of 25. I know people are probably looking for stuff like that, more, more short print, serial mm -hmm. numbered stuff. Um, people are probably getting into that. That's from 2022. Um, probably not as desirable as 2020, which we'll talk about in this episode esteban ocon sapphire 2020 all sorts of good stuff here check it out check out the discord bobscardmarket.com and then click on the link on that uh 
on that URL to join the Discord. And uh, everyone's vouching for it in the comments here, so we appreciate that. <laughs> um, good work. Okay, so let's give a we'll do a quick update of what's what's gone on in the F1 season so far. We've had three races. Mm-hmm. Um, Bahrain, the course. Uh, Saudi Arabia, <laughs> and then Australia. So it, it's been a little bit weird because the, I think there's some some time before and after the Australia race, like almost like a little mini off season in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Verstappen, Perez, Verstappen. Uh, Perez and Verstappen, uh, I think, finished one, two in, in the first two races, right? And then Alonso mm-hmm. has podiumed all three races. What impact have you seen in the F1 card market? Can be anything specific or just generalities, Rob, based on the first three races so far this year? Any any surprises or pretty pretty standard? What do you think? Um, I think it's been pretty standard as it pertains to cards. Um, I, I'm looking at market movers, the volume of Alonzo cards has spiked tremendously. I think, you know, he's won world championships before and, you know, is older and kind of got forgotten about maybe over the past four or five years because he's hasn't had a good car. Um, and I think more than ever, what I've noticed watching the races is this year really shows how much of an impact the cars make. And it's not, I mean, all the drivers are phenomenal drivers. Otherwise they wouldn't be F1 drivers, but um you can clearly tell that the red bull car is leaps and bounds better than any other car out there and you take someone who like alonzo who's been a world champion and put him in a uh, car that's improved tremendously from last year and and look what he's you know able to do podium three times so um i think the exciting part about where we're at right now in the f1 season is it's clear red bull's number one like that's not I don't think there's any debate there, but the rest of the field is like wide open. Um, so I think the rest of the season is going to be really exciting and determining, you know, because each spot in the drivers or the constructors championship is millions and millions of dollars that they're fighting for. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see them, to see them fight for that. Um, I think I've seen a little bit of dip in Leclerc's cards. Um he actually calls himself Leclerc. How do you pronounce it? I like pronounce it Leclerc. Him, okay. That's how everyone pronounces it, but when you hear him in an interview, he says Leclerc. <laughs> like yeah, it, I wonder if he's like catering to just the straight-up American pronunciation <laughs> of it, <laughs> sure. or if he's like... Yeah, that's... Yeah. But like, um, like Lance Stroll's bit, I mean, he's got a good car, so Lance Stroll's been driving pretty well. Um and impressed a lot of people actually broke his wrist and recovered at like two weeks time, which is pretty impressive. Um, so he's gotten a little bit of bump. Um, McLaren's just horrible. Like they've been really bad so far. They actually scored some points last race, which is an improvement. And I think they got, um, they have some upgrades on their car coming for the next race. So you could see, um, could see a bump in McLaren, but, um, it's going to be exciting. Like it's pretty much wide open the rest of the field past Red Bull. That's great. Yeah. I think, um, 
Let's talk real quick about what happens when you, you mentioned market movers. So I want to talk real quick about what happens when you open market movers and then kind of dig into some cards. Like, so what I mean specifically is like, so market movers is a great tool. Marketmoversapp.com. You can go there. And uh, if you use the promo code, no off season, you can get your first month for a dollar. So it's worth trying that out. What I do is I'll go to price movements tab here on the left. I'll do sport racing is what it's called within the market movers app year 2020 because that's the first the first major release typically that release you know it doesn't have all of today's drivers in it right like it doesn't have piastri it doesn't have some of the others they didn't have cards yet but you and you've got some drivers that aren't that aren't active anymore in that set but it's still probably the most desirable set uh because it was the first tops chrome set for f1 so when you do that and you go to say uh racing 2020 and then 365 days what's interesting is you see like price changes um from some drivers that may or may not be relevant you've got like mazepin mick schumacher you mentioned lance stroll lance stroll does have quite a few cards that have gone up quite a bit uh but if you but when when we look at like a smaller date window we see things start to change a little bit and I want to get into this. So like 180 days, you see, you start to see stroll Danny Ricardo. Um, you've got, which is Yuki weird because he retired, right? Or not but retired, but like he's not racing. Yeah. He's not racing, but I want to talk about him because he is in the news recently with some, uh, we don't have to talk about him right now, but like there's some rumors that he might come back in 2024. Um, mm. We'll see. I don't know. He's Red Bull's third driver right now. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So we could see him in a race if he if something happens to Max or or Checo. But when you go to sixty days, you got signs, Botas, Sonoda, Ricardo, Mazepin, Stroll. Again, some of these guys because it's from twenty twenty uh, are just kind of selling for some you know reasons that don't have to do with them being active. Um, you've got cards like George Russell's. Uh, 2020 tops chrome freshest refractor up quite a bit now this is like but but you my point the point that i really want to make here is as you're doing this it's not necessarily as useful as just looking at something and saying oh this george russell tops chrome freshest refractor is up from 2020 raw i mean we're talking about a sale that happened a couple days ago of eight dollars and fifty cents whereas yeah price earlier was $4.92. So you really have to do a little bit more analysis to figure out what's happening, why it's happening and what to buy and where the deals are. And so there's a few cards that I want to bring up. Quick on sales volume quick there. Sorry to interrupt you, but. Yeah, I think that's a good, that's actually a really good place to go next. So if you go to sales volume, number of sales. No, no, the, the, that slider it says price movements and sales volume. Yeah. yeah. I suppose that's a quicker way to do what I just did. So this gives, oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a good, no, that's a good point though. Like if you do the sales volume slider, it's going to give you the, the percentage change in sales volume. Whereas what I did was I just sorted by sale by number of sales over on the yeah. right. But I think, yeah, Rob, maybe, maybe give us your thought process in how you use a tool like this to maybe find, some well, click on that. Biases. Click on that column number of sales, so it sorts highest to lowest. I don't know if it already is the second column. Yep. Um, 
I mean, just just kind of piggyback on your point there is, you know, over the past two weeks, there's only been 12 sales of Max Verstappen, that card, that PSA 10. So my, I guess my point is the sales volume and the velocity that F1 cards have is not as high as you would see in football, basketball, baseball, kind of stuff that we're more used to. So, you know, you and I talked pre-show is like we're ch- – we're having this show to not only, you know, talk about some, maybe some strategies on how to invest in sports cards and make some plays, but we're trying to figure that out ourselves. Like, because it's so new um, with tops, you know, coming in in 2020, the popularity of the sport booming in the United States over the past few years due to the Netflix show. Um, you know, we're trying to figure out when is the high, you know, when is the buying opportunity? What seasonality, like when is that? Probably, you know, January, I would say. When is the, you know, when is the selling opportunity? So I think that we're, everyone's still learning and you can tell just by the velocity of the cards. Like it's hard to make a judgment call off of 14 sales. Like that's not enough data in my opinion. Yeah, it's about, it's it's like, significantly less than one sale per day i mean it's it's like it's it's like one sale every every other day or every third day when you look Mm -hmm. at kind of the standard top cards which would be like your max and lewis base psa 10s from that 2020 set something like that we'll get into like different cards and variations and and parallels and stuff in a second but just to kind of take this point and dig in a little bit further one of the reasons why I would love to have enough content to do an F1 card strategy show once a week or even once a month, but there's kind of not enough happening within the strategy of F1 cards to do it that mm-hmm. frequently to your point, which is kind of why we've chosen the cadence of the F1 card strategy show that we've chosen. We want to talk about it during the F1 season. We want to talk about it at times where it makes a lot of sense to talk about F1 cards um, but like if you dig into say Lewis's um, base tops Chrome uh, 2020 Formula One, like we talk a lot about plays that can be made now with cracking slabs since PSA is at a bulk submission now actually of $16 a card yes, as long that. as it's uh, under $299 insured value, which most most are going to be. Um, but like this, this would be a play, right? But there's a caveat to it. So like Lewis Hamilton, SGC 10, 2020 tops Chrome base last sold for $71. If you get the 10, the last PSA 10 sale is $160. So we talk, we talk a lot on the sports card strategy show about making these types of plays. The caveat though, is what's actually available to the point that you just made, like, Mm -hmm what's actually available so this this is kind of what's available right now for this card if you were going to want to try to make some money on an sgc 10 crack of this card and submit to psa in theory you would get a psa 10 but you'd have to you'd have to find that 71 dollar or 80 dollar card available in sgc 10 which it's not always there it seems like when we talk about other sports to the point you just made it's easier to go out and find like the Ken Griffey Jr. or the even the Michael Jordan or even like an Anthony Edwards or a Jalen Hurts, uh, a Joe Burrow. Like you can go out and you can find those. 
but the F1, I don't know if it's if it was a, a lower print run of these cards or people are maybe not selling them as often or they're holding up the price or whatever. Um, but you're right, like the liquidity of these particular cards in terms of sales volume isn't as high. And so you'd have to make an offer on this card and try to get it far below the $129 asking price to try to make that play. Yeah, you're seeing those low prices. Well, I guess I can call them low. Th those those prices where you would make that play, probably at auctions. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, if I if this is a play that you would want to make, I would definitely would set up some save searches, some alerts. Um, you'll be competing with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like SGC95, Formula One, 2020 Tops Chrome, that could be a search um or tens whatever <clears throat> whatever you want to do but i think i think the biggest opportunity if you're going to go um this route of cracking a, a slab and resubmitting it to psa is probably at card shows yeah um <clears throat> that's going to be your biggest opportunity to get get some of these cards at a lower price yeah that's a good call one thing i've thought about doing is calling some of the local card shop owners that I know from around the country and just asking like what SGC mm -hmm. and CSG slabs do you have in general? But like, if you did a search on eBay, I think you're right though. Like search on eBay, 2020 tops, Chrome F1 SGC, and then just filter by auction. You know, that's another F1 card strategy where you could see, all right, like what is this Lando Norris, uh, 2020 tops chrome f1 sapphire 199 freshest sell for in a psa 10 you know this is an sgc 95 listing they want a 41 dollar opening bid they don't have a bid yet there's one day left so you might need to i guess i guess the point is you might need to reverse your strategy here and go see what's available at auction first look at all the auctions and then go back and see like, okay, is there, are there enough PSA 10 or whatever grade you're trying to achieve sales of these? If you want to try that crack and submit strategy. Um, so I kind of like that. Now let's talk about a card that you just bought where you, you wanted to share this on the show. Um, you cracked this, right? This was an SGC slab. Walk us through this one. <laughs> Actually, I didn't Buy, well, I did buy it a long time ago in a in a F1 lot that I bought, so I, I still had it. I had it listed on eBay. I forgot what I had it listed for. Um, but yeah, it was SGC95. I, I gave it a good look over while it was in the case and um, decided to crack it. Um, and and I'm going to send it into PSA and I'll update update the audience and you on on how well it does. But I think a PSA 10 of that. Um, I forgot what it, I was looking yeah, up. Yeah, I couldn't comps, find it. It was like it was a couple hundred. I mean, it was over two hundred dollars um, easily. But and this um, card, like it's it's a like, is this a parallel or like a short print? Yeah, of so that's this? It's a purple, so that's numbered yeah. two ninety nine, I think. Okay, I got it right here. Three ninety nine. Sorry. So for those of you listening, this is a Lewis Hamilton Grand Prix winner, Great Britain. It's a purple. I had it pulled up. What's the card number on the back? Do you have it? Yeah, 142. Yeah, 142. Yep. So 
PSA 10. Uh, let's see if uh, out of, the out of 399 shows in a recent eBay sale. Um, yeah, there's no like sales data in the last, I guess, 90 days on eBay. So this would have been possibly yeah. a sale. Maybe so I got I, I got Terra Peak open. Um, trying to find like is the portrait card, which is obviously from F1 perspective the the best card. I mean, the PSA ten of purple of those are you know thirty five hundred dollars, but obviously this is just a Grand Prix winner. Um, are there other what, what other? 50 150, 200, I'm thinking somewhere in that range. But. Okay. So now are there other cards? Like what are, that's kind of what I wanted to go to next. Cause this does seem like a great play and I'm excited for you to update on us, but what are there other F1 cards other than the portraits, the refractors of the portraits, the short printed serial numbers of the refractors the autos, like we know, I think we all know those for the most part, but this one being like a Grand Prix winner, like, are you out looking for those types of cards at shows? Are you looking for them online and auctions? And and what are the ones that you're, that you're looking for? Um, I'm just curious because that's an area of F1 cards that I have not really educated myself in yet. And I'm trying to pull up, for those of you watch, uh, for those of you watching, I'm trying to pull up on my screen right now one of these sales of Rob's card, but I might not be able to find one. <laughs> That's good. Low supply. There you go. Um, it's, I don't know. I've racked my brain on that with all those cards, because if you look at like Max and Lewis, um, 2020, 21, like they won all the races, not all of them, but the majority of the races. Right. So when you look at those grand prix winner cards or um, podium cards or all those other cards beyond the portrait cards, there's so many of them, specifically for those two guys because they won all the races. So you have you have the high demand of them being Max and Lewis, but then again you have the high supply of all those cards. You know, Max winning 20 races or whatever. So it's kind of I, if I'm hunting for cards like that, it would definitely have to be serial numbered. You know, hard to get parallels, things like that. I wouldn't target any base or even refractors or um, maybe any of the numbered uh, or the, the parallels that aren't numbered um, try to try to create some, some rarity when you're buying those cards. But I mean, the portrait cards are the way to go. Those are the most desirable cards from, from any of the F1 sets. Yeah. We go back to like things that Kendall and I talk about often on the sports card strategy show, like, mm -hmm having to convince someone or even convince yourself why you would want to buy a card would be just kind of a bad sign in general. And so when, and then going back into market movers, just seeing the data, it just supports everything you just said. I mean, literally everything is almost, almost everything is a portrait card. You've got some track tags inserts that are super liquid. Those aren't necessarily rare. They seem to be very, very common, but, also popular and, and moving quite a bit. Um, but I mean, pretty much everything is a portrait card. Most of them are just your base or refractor or Sapphire version of the, you know, Sapphire base. Some of them are like the freshest refractor. That's fine, but it's still a portrait card. I mean, it takes a while 
before you get to anything that's not like a basic portrait card or a track tag. Um, there's, so, there's the helmet on, right? Like the helmet on portrait mm -hmm. seems to be interesting because that's a lower, uh, I think it, it looks like a lower print run. It's a tops now. Uh, no, I'm getting that. I'm looking at the wrong one. This is, uh, sorry, this is like a George Russell with a mask on. Let me just, just ignore <laughs> everything I just said. Sorry. <laughs> but there are the helmet on ones yeah. as well. So I don't know. So what here's a, here's a good example of um, kind of combining the, the cracking and, you know, the parallel conversation we're having. So this card, hopefully you guys can see this, is a Max Grand Prix um, red-orange parallel. Yep. Red-orange refractor. SGC 9.5. So the reason I bought this, I think I won an auction for like $20. So I'm going to crack it and see if I can get a PSA 10 out of it. And when I look for red-orange, like if you currently look for red-orange, there's two listed, a raw for 130. I don't know if that's, you know, that's just a buy, buy it now, ask. Um, and then the sale, the only sale is mine. So like because there were so few of them listed, I'm like, oh, it's got to be kind of somewhat rare, right? Like it can't be one of those parallels where they, you know, made a bunch of them. So that was kind of my my thinking to to pick that up for, I mean, SGC 95 for 20 bucks. It's worth a yeah. shot, right? Yeah, absolutely. So your strategy on selling that is going to be what? You're going to list it at the card treasury on eBay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to crack it and send it into PSA and then relist it, so. Okay, so that's another one. That's another SGC 9.5 that's different yep. than the one you already cracked. Okay. Yeah, I got a couple others too that I'm I, like. So I I've been listening to your show obviously all the time, and you guys are doing a lot of the the work around cracking SGCs and resubmitting into PSA. And then you know as we we're I was preparing for this show, I was thinking about that. And 2020 Tops Chrome is like the flagship for F1. Like it's the first F1 set. And it coincides perfectly with what you guys were talking about, where that was the time period where it was tons of hype around that product and the time period when PSA shut down and SGC was the only place to go to. So if that theory is, I mean, that's not a theory, that's facts, but um, there should be a lot of F1 cards in SGC slabs that are, you know, right for the pick and to, to possibly crack open and send in. Um, and on top of that, the set is historically been very hard to grade, hard to get good grades. So if you already have that kind of pre-grade from SGC, um, that helps kind of filter through. And Absolutely. Um, so like the, the gem rate on 2020 F1 Chrome is 37, 37.7%. Um, whereas... 2021 is 50%. So 2020 F1. And if you looked, I looked at 2020 baseball tops Chrome, that generates 76%. So I think they, yeah. I think if I remember correctly, they made them somewhere differently than yep. normal production facilities. Um, the Sapphire of 2020 is 47%. So a little bit higher, but it just shows you that it's very hard to get tens in there. So um, definitely a good angle there. Yeah, that's great data. And I love the way you framed that as like a pre-grade. I think that's uh, that's exactly right. And I do like a couple of different things. So if you're just joining the show or if you are a new, you know, new to the channel, um, I would say 
or new to F1 cards, I would say there's a couple different things. I do like the idea that we just kind of came up with on the fly a few minutes ago. Call around to your local card shops or any contacts that you have that are that are selling at shows all the time and ask them specifically like what sgc and csg slabs do you have and what f1 you know what what f1 sgc slabs because a lot of times i would think that and people in the audience that that own local card shops can verify this for us but i would think that if you're like a traveling shop I know a lot of people that are kind of, they don't have a, a retail location, but they're kind of a traveling card shop and that they go to a bunch of shows as dealers. So you've got your traveling dealers, you've got your LCSs that also sell at shows. I would think that not all of their inventory is always viewable at all times, either online or in a retail location. And so it might be that they're they're waiting on waiting on slabs getting back or to your point like while PSA was shut down for like a year there's just because of that after that release there is just a ton of these cards sitting in SGC slabs somewhere a lot of them probably not not near a, a gem mint grade but that pre grade is valuable because if it is a 9 and it can easily get a PSA 9 or if it is an SGC 95 and the PSA 9 value has a, a high floor but the psa 10 also has a high ceiling you've got yourself something so i want to go into one particular card so i like to kind of say all right if somebody brand new to f1 were to ask me like how should i get in i would say do something similar to this play i would look at a super liquid card that is also has also pretty much plateaued in value and it would be like your max verstappen 2020 tops chrome refractor psa 10 um there's not many of these it's only pop 206 but in terms of like being such a low pop high liquidity card uh it's actually pretty affordable in price and you can see that from the graph in the last 365 days on market movers it's trading at 27% uh, less than it was a year ago. Um, it's had some spikes of up around uh, over $2,000, uh, close to $2,500. But it's now trading recently as low as $790, $775, et cetera. The last sale was $960. Um, so the graph in the last 30 days, last 60 days, looks really, really... Uh, straight and but if you dig into this you've got sgc 10 last sale 590 dollars much more achievable than the psa 10 you can get this card graded for 19 dollars in a bulk submission uh, or 16 dollars however you want to look at it last sold in psa 10 for 960 as i mentioned now is this card available uh, it actually is. So uh, you could do a buy it now or make an offer of this card in an SGC 10. It's higher than the last sale. They want, they're asking for $795. My experience is that sometimes you could start with an offer as low as maybe 600 on a card like this, which is more in line with the last sale. They could auto decline it, blah, blah, blah. This probably this, this seller wants more than $600 for it. But still, even if you come up towards this $800 asking price, you're still looking at a potential profit of $100 on a card like this. 
for 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 somebody new getting into F1, to me, this is I know it's a high buy-in point, but I think it's a safer play than a lot of the other things that you could that you could see out there. But what's your take on this, Rob? Go back, go back to the slide. Um, that screen. No, I, I agree. If you're gonna get into F1, I think sticking with um with Max or Lewis portrait cards are the way to go. I, I mean at this particular seller, I would even offer I would kind of go a lot lower. If you look at their feedback, it's only a three. So they're a fairly new seller. So they might be itching to make some sales um, to, you know, get their feedback up a little bit. Um, One thing I noticed when you had that up, but is, is now the, are we in a buying window for max? And I'm just thinking very long-term, like 15, 20 years, it's pretty clear that he's going to go down as one of the goats for F1 unless Red Bull does something crazy with their cars or something and they just can't figure it out. But um, he's going to, there's more races every year. So he's going to break all the records of races one in a season. Well, he already did that. Um, he's going to break all these records. And when you look at towards end of careers, that's when you kind of see a little bit of a spike of the goats and then they retire and then people want like they want the goat of like every sport in their collection right like they want a michael jordan card they want a tiger tom brady card um and so now are we if this card i mean do we consider this as rookie card i mean it's the first Mm -hmm. doesn't have the the rc logo on it like george and lando do Mm mm-hmm but Le- Leclerc Leclerc doesn't either. <laughs> but I think this is considered, I mean, other than Lewis, who has cards, Max might yeah. have one obscure card. The F1 mm. uh, enthusiasts out there can can verify this. But I, but I mean, yes, this is Max's rookie card. Like, yeah. I believe this is considered Max's rookie card, even if on market movers, if you filter by RC, which I can do in a second. I think that this these would all show at 2020 as their rookie cards. Yeah, I just I don't know if the market on him will change that much over the next 10 years. Like he's not he's not likable. Um, so a lot of the fans of F1 base their decisions on who they're rooting for, on whether they like him or not. And he is he's good. So if you just take you know likability factor out, like he's he's number one. And so I don't, I don't know. I'm just thinking through this live is, you know, maybe there's a play on buying a few max for Stappens right now. Um, and just hold on to them for 10, 15 years, if you got the patience to do that. So yeah. So short term and long term play. No, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, to me, it's a, to me, it's a potential six to eight month flip. I mean that like, because, you know, in when September, October is when he's going to lock up another championship, most likely that's uh, about. It's probably locked already. Six <laughs> months away. Yeah. It's about four. four. So it's, it, this could be a four to five month flip. This could be a four to five week flip. This could be a four to five year flip to your point. It could be a 10, yeah. 10 to 15 year flip. If you really, really have the patience for it, because this particular card, to your point a minute ago about where they produce these cards, the low gem rate, all that stuff is true, proven true. Um, a pop 210 or less in PSA 10 of this card, this one sitting here, 
uh, likely to get a PSA 10, as long as you don't mess it up when you crack it. Um, and you can have it for less than 795 US dollars. It's immediately worth more than that after it gets a PSA 10. And then the question to your point is, how long do you want to hold it? I think that's all great stuff. Like you're here, like someone like me would sell it right away. Someone like you who has more patience would sit on it. And I think there's a lot of people out in the audience that are both. Um, great point, by the way, about, I just want to underscore this real quick for everybody, just in case you didn't catch this. The advice that Rob gave to look at the seller information is something that I frequently forget about, but it's super important. So Rob's an eBay veteran. He knows what he's talking about as it comes to trying to move cards on eBay. And uh, seller information is a huge thing. So as it relates it's, to- It's top, risky. In, I'm, I'm yeah. giving that caveat. Like you're, you're buying a $700 card from someone that has three feedback. That is risky. But I mean, you have buyer's protection and stuff like that. So- Yep, Absolutely. Uh, but but wrapping wrapping that all up, the Max card I think is the perfect card to what you're saying is whether it's a flip in six months, a year, five years, it's safe, and that's the point. Like when you're when someone's asking how should they get into F1, I think a, a Max Portrait card. You maybe you start at the base with some raw maybe, and then you can work your way up to some graded stuff. But it is safe um, and probably the best the best route to go. Okay, so we talked safe. Now let's talk risky. Uh, earlier in the show, you mentioned that sort of um, Red Bull likely has things wrapped. Um, we talked about kind of who has the best cars, but then beyond the best cars, uh, it's kind of wide open, which is exciting to paraphrase your words. Mm-hmm. Who would you take a risk on driver wise buying their cards just thinking who could maybe outperform their current their current value gosh i mean there's 18 19 different drivers you can go i mean you can argue you can make a case for sergio perez because he's in the best car clearly he's won a race um he him and max uh, i don't know if you call it healthy they do have uh some competitiveness between the two of them. Um, so if there's anyone to challenge Max, I would say it's Sergio. I, I don't know if there's that much of a bump to be had if you were to buy some of his cards now. Um, I think there might be a little bit of a buying opportunity right now with McLaren, with Piastri and Lando, because they've been so bad <laughs> the first couple of races. And they, like I mentioned at the top of the show, they, supposedly have some upgrades coming to the next race in Baku. Um, so they, they raced pretty well last, <clears throat> excuse me, the last race. Um, so you could see a bump there. I'm just trying to think of some drivers that are going to contend for podiums that are going to be in those cars that are from a constructor standpoint in second and third place. So, Ferrari is a mess right now, so there could be some buying opportunities on Leclerc. Uh, Sainz has driven pretty well this year so far, so um, he's gotten screwed a couple times. But um, there could be some some opportunity there. I mean, it's wide open, and that's the that's the hard part. Is I mean, even Williams has shown some flashes of in qualifying, and has I think all drivers except for two have scored points. Um, 
this year and only three races. So I, you know, I say all that and I don't have a definitive answer because that's how, <laughs> that's how wide open it yeah. is. Like it's not and I, and you haven't seen huge drops in prices either um, because it's so wide open. Yeah. I would, and, if, and if you want to see like to that point, if you want to see price drops, like what I like to do is on market movers, I, what I just did here is I went, I filtered by Piastri and Lando set it to rookie card only racing. And then you've got like filter by price change percentage, uh, click it twice so that it filters it by what's down the most. And then you've got a situation where you could potentially buy low in on cards like Lando's uh, Sapphire base PSA 10 2020, of course, uh, pop uh, 453, go and see wh which of those are available. Super liquid card, um, $63 last sale, uh, but sold in the last 30 days for, for upwards of $122. So not far-fetched to think that cards like these would go back up with, with some points or some, some improvements on Lando's side. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, again, it's like, this is, I think the methodology for trying to find something like you're talking about and then doing the same thing with Leclerc as well, of course, uh, or signs, if you like him, I think it's all about to a certain extent it's, too, with F1, it's like, who do you want to root for? Right. 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 And and one another theory I have is it's not necessarily about because you have driver people that like drivers and then people that like the teams. So the people that like the teams, if they're collectors, they don't really care who the driver is. I'm sure, I'm sure they do, but they're gonna if they're collecting and they're a team fan, say you're a Mercedes fan, no matter who your driver is, you're probably gonna purchase some of their cards. So another angle, which I'm going to kind of keep a close eye on this year is um, in August, I think they have a, that's when their summer break is and they call it, you know, they called it this on the document, the Netflix show is like the silly season where that's when all of their contract negotiations occur for the 2020, the next season, the 2024 season. So like I've been looking at whose contracts are up this year and trying to maybe predict some movement there and like who would be, if X person left, who would fill their shoes, who would fill their seats. And it's a very risky play, but you could make some moves there. Like Mercedes, both drivers contracts are up at the end of the year, end of this year. Now, can you imagine Lewis Hamilton in another car? I mean, I don't, I don't know. And George Russell's a young and upcoming I mean, he's a great driver. I would assume that they're going to lock him up long-term, but what are the odds that both of those drivers stay? And if they don't, who's next in line? So like Frederick Vesti is part of their academy or whatever, the Mercedes Academy, and he's already won an F2 race this year. So like he could be someone to take some stabs at and, and try to buy some cards. Um, Yuki Sonoto's contract's up at the end of this year. And he's been on the chopping block for the past couple of years. Like he hasn't performed very well and he's always crashing and um, going crazy on the radios, but um, that's, he's Alpha Tori, which is part of the Red Bull family. So um, Ayumi Iwasi, Iwasa, I probably butchered that. 
he's won an F2 race, but he's part of the Red Bull family. So could he, you know what I mean? Like these are very risky, like shots in the dark, but these cars are super cheap because they're F2 racers. And yeah. F2 racers, I think is a good thing to look at. Love the way that you just kind of laid out that process of whose contracts are up, who's potentially going to replace them. Who's going to move. There's a bunch of different angles. Like one is who's going to move. So their pricing could Mm. move up and to the right who's going to replace them so they could those people could be good buys whether they're reserve drivers already there whether they're f2 drivers that are likely to potentially potentially draw some interest um or i don't know maybe they're guys like danny ricardo that kind of fits that mold as well um who's uh the third driver there but also has a history um the f2 drivers do have cards so there's process prospecting aspects to that and then you've got like danny ricardo's cards that are down like a lot of them are down some of them have moved up recently with some of the news but then you've got danny ricardo cards that are down like his uh refractor like the same card that we just talked about with max his 2020 tops chrome refractor psa 10 is a pop 40 um but it's down uh 20, 25%. So it's a pretty, if you can find it, it's a pretty affordable card mm. at around 60 to $80 right now. So um, if, if he's someone that does move value wise because he gets a promotion to a seat or something in August, that could be, that could end up being a very high risk, but very high reward play. I, I would categorize that uh, this last part of the conversation I asked, Rob to come up with some risky plays. I think he did an amazing job of coming up with some good risky plays, but they're, they could be fun. I took a lot of risks in F1 with Piastri and, and some other prospecting. I've got an Enzo Fittipaldi out of 50 that graded a uh, auto that graded a PSA 10. So we'll see if he picks up any traction or anything like that moving forward in his career. But uh, yeah, I think for those of you coming in, it's building that sports card investment portfolio from a standpoint of, first of all, how much F1 do you want to have in your sports card portfolio? Secondly, if it is a significant amount of F1, I would I would go safe plays about 80% and prospecting 20, if it were me, um, giving you advice. Um, but I like uh, I like also some of the stuff that Rob talked about earlier on in the show with looking at auctions and or card shows. Uh, and trying to find some short printed serial numbered parallels of even the, you know, the non-portrait stuff for super cheap pre-graded by SGC. I like how SGC has has become no disrespect to SGC or SGC. Yeah, it's not good for them. (laughs) It's not good for them, but they are the pre-grade companies right now because ESA just on on the, the secondary market just outsells it by that much. And I've, I've often said this, like, there's no real loyalty to PSA for me. It's like, I'm, I'm submitting all of my cards to PSA because of the fact that those slabs just outsell everyone else's slabs by a mile for the most part, uh, with the, the exception lo- of some vintage stuff. So. Yeah. Like you have no loyalty, but the loyalty to PSA is what got PSA into yeah. the spot. That is why the set registry is genius. And that is what has kept people continuously continuously collecting psa cards and help the value stay high and that's 
Yeah. It's unfortunate because SGC is a great company, great customer service. Their turnarounds are great, but it's... And I love their slabs just, too. I mean, if yeah, I had to pick a design of a slab between the two, it'd for sure be SGC. I even like CSG's new slabs better than PSA slabs. I know their, yeah. their green slabs were pretty, pretty hideous, but um, would love to hear the audience feedback on this episode. I think there's a lot of good stuff power packed in here, even though we sort of shoehorned... Yeah an agenda together. Uh, but, uh, well, yeah, what else you got for us? Rob? I got one more, I got one more thing before we close out, um, as it pertains to F1. And I was thinking about this and Logan Sargent. So he is the, the only, um, uh, American driver right now. And I started with him, but then I was thinking about it with other drivers. So when they have a home race coming up, I was wondering if there's a tick up in, sales volume not necessarily price i don't think there's it's going to drive the price that much higher but um so i looked at piastri he just had his home race in australia so over the past 60 90 days i think i looked at he his sales volume he was the 17th driver um according to market movers but then over the last 30 days which is has the australian grand prix right in the middle of those 30 days he was number 10 so he did move up so i'm just wondering if there's a slight tick up when you look at home races, so Logan Sargent is from for, from Fort Lauderdale, and the Miami Grand Prix is at the beginning of May. So if you want to get out of any Logan Sargent cards, I think getting them posted right now, getting them priced competitively would be the thing to do. And then you could look ahead, like Leclerc's Monaco, like he grew up in, he grew up there. You know, you got Yuki when they go to Japan, like. I think you can, there's a little bit of a play there just to kind of unload some cards because, you know, when they they do the telecast, they're talking about the home drivers. Yeah. I mean, when That's I watched Australian Grand Prix. You got Prix, signs in Spain in June, early June. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they were they were talking about Piastri like every other sentence Yeah. when I was watching the, the telecast. So just That's something a great to, point. to think about. Yep. Great point. Miami Grand Prix coming up. That's the next race. And uh, it'll be interesting to see not only does it drive Sargent's sales volume, but will it drive F1 sales volume in general based on mm-hmm. some U.S. hype, hopefully, around F1? I hope it does. I think it deserves it. I think the F1 fan base and, and sport and card market uh, deserves deserves a lot of hype and a lot of growth. We'll see. Um, I'm certainly still into F1. Uh, I think it's it's probably one of the more fun sports for me to research a because i don't know as much inherently about f1 as i do the other sports but b because i just think that there's so much opportunity within such a young market still i mean it's such a young market and we've made a lot of points on this show even where it's like we don't know what could happen we don't really know how to make money uh in f1 cards um because it is still so new but it but i i do think it's it's a it's established enough for my confidence level to be high in recommending uh, that you do get into F1 cards. And we'd love to hear from you. So definitely let us know either in the comments on this YouTube video or uh, tweet at no offseason card or email me at paul at nooffseason.com. Questions, comments about your F1 card strategies. And uh, check out the card treasury on eBay. That's Rob's store. And uh, don't forget to check out bobscardmarket.com. Click the link to join the Discord. We would, we would love to see you there. We're all there. 
And you can check out some nice F1 cards too in those uh, fire sales this week. Um, all right, Rob, thanks so much for being on. Really appreciate it, everybody. Thanks for watching and listening. Happy Friday. I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday for the Sports Card Strategy Show. We're going to have Kendall McKee, of course, as well as Duke Dodson from Grabo's Cards in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Duke's going to be a special uh, third person in on Monday's episode of the Sports Card Strategy Show. Everybody, thanks so much for watching and listening. Have a great day. So...